Hey everyone, you're listening to episode number 110 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about the influx of low-carb products and how to decide what's right for you and how to live without the ones that everyone tells you you need but you don't actually need. How keto changes over time, listening to your body, the one, two, three steps to a successful keto practice, using food to heal, and so much more. Today's podcast extra can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E110. And I'm really thrilled for this episode. There's one cool thing that I have to share with you today, and that is that if you're struggling to lose weight, which is one of the things that Kendra and I chat about today, I've put together a little freebie that you can download by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash weight. This little freebie is a PDF download that's delivered to your email, and we go through how hormones play a role in your weight and how to balance them out, the role that stress has on your ability to become properly fat-adapted, how to know if you're eating enough versus too much in order to spark weight loss, and so much more. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, and heal your body. Starting and maintaining keto can be challenging without the right support. So just for listening to the podcast, I want to give you 20% off the keto beginning with the coupon code keto podcast. That's all one word. This 30 day program gives you a clear step by step how to so you can quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles and get the results you crave. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international bestselling author of The Keto Diet, founder of happyketobody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. Our guest today is Kendra Holly, who is the face behind the popular food blog, Peace, Love, and Low Carb, and the author of multiple best-selling cookbooks, including Craveable Keto, Keto Happy Hour, 30-Minute Ketogenic Cooking, and the Primal Low Carb Kitchen Cookbook. After struggling with her weight most of her life, Kendra is now a lover of all things low-carb keto and is a firm believer in the weight loss and health benefits of a low-carb lifestyle. Kendra spent 15 years in the restaurant industry and is a foodie through and through. When she's not in the kitchen working on a new recipe, she can usually be found traveling the globe, throwing weights around in her gym, doing yoga, playing with her puppies, hiking, or just kicking it back and relaxing with her husband, her two kids, and her five crazy pups in Seattle, Washington. Kendra is such a cool person, and I'm so, so grateful to have her on the show today. In fact, Kendra and I have not had like an actual conversation via audio ever. We met at KetoCon just briefly back in 2017, like briefly as in 10 seconds. Hey, I love your stuff. Bye. I got to (laughs) go. And we've been chatting on Instagram via text for years. So I'm so happy that we finally got to chat. She's such a cool down to earth person. And I think you're really going to love this interview. Okay, let's get to it. Hey, Kendra, how's it going? Good. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, it's chat with you. It's so crazy. We've actually never had a call. No. What the heck? (laughs) Long overdue. It's so overdue. And we met at KetoCon the first year and it was so crazy. We had like 10 seconds to talk and then that was it. I know it's such it was such a whirlwind. Hi, bye, good job. Okay. Nice to yeah. see you. Okay. I love your book. 
<laughs> so this is awesome. And for our Keto Unlimited members, they get to watch the video, which is super oh, fun. Hi. I think the Hi, video- everyone. Hello. <laughs> um, okay. So I like to start off every interview by asking our guests what keto means to you. So I feel like I kind of have an approach that not everybody is going to agree with because I feel like it's gotten kind of way out of control. So I don't think it's a one size fits all approach. So when people ask me a lot of times, I don't even say I eat keto. They ask me, how do you eat? And I say, I eat low carb, high fat because it instantly tells them what I'm after. So if they've never heard of keto or they don't know, I mean, you'd have to be under a rock to not know Atkins at this point. But like, if you don't know that, then that exactly says how I eat low carb, high fat, because we just get like really locked into these macros or like all this new terminology comes out like lazy keto or, you know, carnivore and just all of these things. So for me, it's just, I keep it super simple, low carb, high fat. And when you say out of control, because you've been eating this way for a while and We've definitely seen keto and the community evolve over the last couple of years as it gains popularity. What are you seeing that's like totally out of control? Well, the biggest thing I think for me is that with when anything gains in popularity or notoriety, there's this just influx of products that come to market. And so I think the biggest annoyance is like there's all of these products and people start to think that they have to have them, which makes the lifestyle not look sustainable. It kind of turns it more into like, a diet mentality. And so I just think what it's like, if I open my email, I have like 15 different people pitching me exogenous ketones or collagen on any given day. And like, they might be products that I use, but the, the sales pitch leads people to believe that they can't do this lifestyle without anything, but just real food, which is all you need. And so then I get all of these questions that weren't there before there was this huge uptick when it's like, how did we get so disconnected that we don't know just eat to nourish, eat till you're sated, you know, like just these, I feel like these basic fundamentals of food and nutrition go out the window because it's just gets so confusing for everyone. Yeah. And the concept when people ask me, so like, how do you do the keto thing? I'm like, well, I wake up, maybe I'll have some bone broth or some coffee with some fat in it. And then for lunch and dinner, I just eat vegetables, fat and meat. And they're like, yeah, but what do you use? I'm like, food, broccoli. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. It's- it's also hard, you know, as, as a blogger or, you know, health and wellness advocate, uh, we were chatting before we started recording that responsible marketing being so important because there are certain products. Like I love perfect keto MCT oil powder. I don't use it every day, but I use it enough that it's like, yeah, if you have it in the budget and you're having a hard time meeting your fat intake requirements, do it. Or like my mushroom coffee, I really like it. How do you balance the responsible marketing aspect? Because there are a lot of people that don't take it very seriously. So I take it very seriously. And I've been like really candid on Instagram about it too. So I've made it very clear that I will never share anything with them that I don't actually use and love and would spend my hard-earned money on. If I get it for free, I disclose that. If I have a partnership with them that will pay me, I disclose that also, but I let it know that it does not sway my opinion you know, of the product. But I think the biggest thing is just, I, and I'll, I'll even say like when Perfect Keto came out with their nut butter, it is hands down the best nut butter I've ever tasted. But I would, I said in my stories, I want you to know, I would never pay $19 for this. It is amazing. But, and I, it was sent to me for free. And I feel like that establishes me with my readers because they know that if I put my name behind something, that there's truth and integrity behind what I'm sharing, because I see 
it's the same with the network marketing model, which I do believe in network, the network marketing model, but I don't believe in all of this new online influencing where it's like, I sign in, into Instagram and I feel like you bait and switched me because I came here for your food and like how funny and, you know, charismatic you are. And all now you're showing me is beauty counter, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of, but it's just, it's all for me. It's like all honesty and integrity based. And I'm not afraid to say if I don't like something and for every 10 products I show, I was probably sent a hundred, you know, like I just, and I make no promises to brands. I say, Hey, I, I'd love to see if we could work together. I need to try your product. I need to see first and foremost, what's your ingredient list. I'm not going to be pitching things that are just full of crap ingredients. Like, and so it starts with looking at the ingredient list and then being like, would I use this? But I'm also, like I said, I'll also say this is awesome and it tastes good. But kind of like you're saying about the MC2, like, you don't need this to successfully live a keto lifestyle, but if you can afford it, it's awesome. And I love it in my coffee. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's so important. And you're so good at that balance. And I, I know that when back in, I think it was June, we cut all sponsorships all over the blog, like every little bit of it, it was all gone because we had somebody managing our partnerships and I started getting really detached from that whole thing of, I was still vetting the products, but a lot of companies were getting through the doors that probably shouldn't have. And it just got to be so mucky and there were so many and it was just overwhelming. And I think it can get like that, you know, in that growth space where you're growing and growing and you're like, oh, I need people and I need to patch these holes because it's getting crazy. I, I love how you've always been super honest about that. And it is really important. Like I don't even promote the perfect keto nut butter because you're right. It's way too expensive. And it probably needs to be that expensive with the ingredients, but you can easily make that yourself if it's that important to you. And so I don't even, I didn't even share it. I'm like, you want how much for a little jar of nut yeah. butter? <laughs> like, and I, you know, I kind of thought that I might hear from them and have them being like, okay, you know, whoa, but, but I was, I was like, I said, this is amazing, but I would never, ever pay this much for an eight ounce jar of nut butter, just so you know, but I want you to know, like if that, if a $19 jar of nut butter is in your budget, like this might be the one you want, but like, I was very clear about it. And so and I got a lot of messages saying, Hey, I really appreciate that. Yeah. And it also depends on the lifestyle. Like you can make your own bone broth. You can totally do that. I hate doing it. Like I, it makes your house smell and you can't really make a bunch of it at once. So I purchase my own, but I think, you know, all these little steps and everything that you share, it's very easy for a consumer to be like, okay, I can use that same approach when I'm looking for my own products. Right. Um, so that's, that's really important. Back to today's episode in a sec. Okay, show of hands, even though I can't totally see, but I feel your energy. How many of you struggled with keto flu? Me, definitely me. If you tried keto at any point in your life, you may shudder at the thought of or even hearing the words keto flu. For anyone unaware, the keto flu strikes typically during the first few days of severe carb reduction that keto calls for in order to work, basically. When your body and brain are used to taking in lots of carbs in your daily diet, it causes a pretty big shock to the system when you suddenly cut way back on those carbs. The results are pretty darn annoying. Mental sluggishness, irritability, dizziness, and persistent cravings for the foods that keto doesn't incorporate. As you can imagine, that makes it pretty hard to work, be present with your family, or just live a peaceful life from moment to moment. Like, I mean, if you've dealt with keto flu, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is horrible. That's why I was so happy when I discovered a secret weapon 
that let me fight back against my own keto flu. That secret weapon is bone broth and not just any bone broth because like, yeah, you can make it yourself, but that takes forever and it makes your house smell really bad. (laughs) It's bone broth from Kettle and Fire. Kettle and Fire makes their broth by simmering really high quality bones like knuckle, femur, and patella from grass-fed animals for 10, 15, 20 hours or more. That long cook time seeps all the collagen and glycine and other nutrients into a delicious broth that is primed and ready to make you feel good and also abolish keto flu. There are actually lots of nutrients specific to bones that are really only found in a good bone broth like this, not just collagen, but for instance, osteocalcin, a bone-based hormone that's shown to release anxiety in clinical trials, which you'll also experience when you first start a ketogenic diet. So Yay, osteocalcin. Between that stuff and all the protein and collagen the bone broth has, it's a much needed pick me up for keeping keto flu manageable. There are so many electrolytes in every cup of bone broth. So if you'd like to give bone broth a try, I highly recommend Kettle and Fire. And they've put together a really awesome offer for you. If you head on over to kettleandfire.com slash keto podcast, you can get 15% off Kettle and Fire when you order six cartons or more, you'll also get free shipping. So that's kettleandfire.com slash keto podcast for 15% off six cartons or more. You can also use the coupon code keto podcast. This bone broth fits so well within the keto macro profile. It is truly the most potent of all superfoods delivering important micronutrients and the healing power of collagen. So again, that's kettleandfire.com slash keto podcast. Okay, back to today's episode. What What's firing you up lately? Because at least once a week, I've watched you on Instagram stories talking about something that's got you fired up and you say it in such a loving, kind manner. What's got you like all fired up now? <laughs> I think, you know, I think it all kind of, all my rants <laughs> stem from the same place. Like I just, I will always fight for the underdog. Like I've had people in my life tell me that I had like wounded bird syndrome <laughs> because I would try to like take everybody in and fix everything. Like I'm empathetic in that manner almost to a fault because it kind of comes at the cost of some of taking care of myself. But I get really fired up when people are just mean or rude or like I will snap back at internet trolls like it's nobody's business and not everybody likes it. They say delete and block, but you don't get it all day long. And like, I just kind of have this mentality, like life is hard, man. And none of us make it out alive. So why do we have to like put you like beat each other down while we're here? Like the end result is the same. And like, I think I, if I were to narrow it down to one kind of area, it's how everybody's fighting over food, this kind of like one size fits all mentality, food police and like, keyboard cowboys like saying things they would never say to your face or like deciding who you are as a person from like what your plate of food looks like you know like I post my breakfast yesterday and I was like wait for it here comes the are you really going to eat all that yes I am I'm starving and I'm starving but also this works for me it might not work for you but this works for me I know my body you know and so like I just get really fired up at people just using technology as an excuse to let basic human decencies go out the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get the opposite of the meals you share. You sure don't eat a lot. I wish you would eat more. And it's like, 
I don't take pictures of everything I eat. That would be ridiculous. Like (laughs) most of the times I forget, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. I I definitely have a love hate relationship with social media. I mean, it allows us to connect to the community and it's so great, but there are so many things, especially lately where I, I look at things and like, that's not actual real life. And a lot of the things we share is just this tiny little snapshot of what's actually going on. I've definitely tried lately to be as real as I can so that, you know, I look up to certain people on social media and I'm like, yeah, if only I had blah, 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 my life would be better. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't. And I always try to remind people social media is a highlight reel. Like you're scrolling, you're scrolling. Oh, they have it all together. Look how pretty her hair and makeup is. Oh my God. Her husband's so great to her. She has the best behaved kids ever. You know, no, she's probably filing for divorce and she's a hot mess. Like she's just not going to show you that. Right. You know, so yeah. like, so you, you can't, like it's, it's, this isn't my quote. I think it's Stephen Furtick. This is the, you can't judge your behind the scenes by someone else's highlight reel. And we yes. do that. And social media allows us to feel less than or start to feel shame and guilt. And like, we're doing something wrong when we're just different, but you're like, you're not seeing the full picture because people only show you what they want to see. And so that's kind of another area where I've made it my mission to show the good, the bad, the ugly. Like I tell it all like that. I, Kind of a turning point for me was a few years ago on my blog, I wrote a post called I'm a healthy living blogger with a secret. I got fat again because I had put back on all the weight that I had lost. And then I felt like a fraud, like behind the scenes. And that really kind of started all of this like sense of community and honesty and banding together with people and just sharing it all so that people felt less alone. And it all kind of started from that place of just coming clean and never and deciding to never be a highlight real person. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a liberating, but also terrifying feeling. I remember when I was a vegan blogger and I had been keto for a couple of months and I was like, I just got to bite the bullet and tell my vegan followers that I'm no longer vegan. It's scary. It is. It it adds on to the layer of like, this is how I support my family. (laughs) Like, you know, so it's terrifying. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. Now you mentioned keto and eating, you know, having eaten low carb, high fat for quite some time. Has it adjusted over the years? Like I'm assuming the day you discovered a ketogenic diet, the way you were eating then is completely different than now. How has that adjusted over time? Yeah, it's definitely been a learning curve and it's allowed me to tell people kind of start with where you are and learn as you go. Because for me, when I first started, my first introduction to it was Atkins. And this was well before I even started my blog. And it was just like, I had a friend that had kind of pitched it to me from the standpoint of like, we can eat like bunless bacon cheeseburgers. We can drink Michelob Ultra. And I was like, she's like a whole bunch of ranch. And I was like, I'm in. Yes, this sounds amazing. (laughs) You know, and I had age and hormones on my side and the weight fell off pretty effortlessly, but I wasn't at all focused. I mean, you'd I hate this saying, but it's true. You don't know what you don't know. Like I didn't know anything about nutrition. I didn't, I just knew that if I cut my carbs, it would work for me. So I was still eating a lot of Franken foods, packaged foods, processed foods. And then as low carb kind of started to have that big surge again, even before keto, 
then the products come out where everything is starting to say low carb, but they're still like just these horrible, horrible prospects, like for lack of getting graphic, they'll just pass right through you, you know? And so like, I didn't, I didn't know about nutrition or the quality of my food. And so I'd say the biggest change has been just getting back to a place of real food, learning about nutrition, having as many foods that don't have ingredient labels because they're just whole nutrient dense foods instead of just looking, just picking up any package and being like, yep, two net carbs. I'm in, you know, which is how I started. And so the shift has been like always learning and growing in the direction of nutrition and real food and healing through food. And now you're studying nutrition, right? I am. Um, it is intense to say the very least. I am going to, back, I went back to school to become a nutritional therapy practitioner. And my whole goal was just to have to use my platform responsibly because I feel like we live in a world of like Instagram evangelists where you have like, you know, somebody say like, I could say like, Oh my God, I have this rash all over my whole body and I'm having migraines. And then someone's like, Oh, it's keto flu drink pickle juice. Like, no, go to the doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't drink pickle juice. <laughs> and so like, I wanted, like, I don't know that I'll actually take on clients, but I wanted to be able to responsibly share information that is accurate and safe you know, instead of like, I just see so much scary information out there and everybody's an expert now. Everybody with an iPhone is an expert or Google, Dr. Google. Oh, it's terrifying. You know, I studied nutrition over 10 years ago now and it's, you're constantly learning. Like everything you learned 10 years ago is completely adjusted, but having that basis, oh, there's a bug in here. Oh. <laughs> I'll Jeez. just wave to you so we yeah, look yeah. everything. Hi. Hi. Hey. There's like this little animal lizard that lives in this house that I'm renting and he keeps eating all the bugs for me, but I, I call him Harry and I haven't seen Harry since yesterday, so I'm worried. Harry is not doing his job right now. Yeah, like what the heck? Seriously. <laughs> but you know, having that basis of nutrition and just I call it my BS meter. Like I may not know, I don't know everything when it comes to nutrition, but you have that like solid base that you can work off of. And it's like, wait a minute, that's not how the body works. Like, right. no, right. that's not right. And I think that's how, you know, the carb up when back in 2015, not a lot of people were talking about cyclical ketosis. And I remember going out to my community and saying, Hey, if you eat carbs every once in a while on keto, it's actually good for you. They were all like, you crazy. <laughs> but fast forward now, and a lot of people are talking about this. And this was based on the fact that I, you know, I went to school for this, and I understood, okay, this does this and this. And yeah, that makes logical sense. So I think I'm really excited for you to see, you know, this time next year, having that solid base from what you already have. It's, that's really great. And you know, piggybacking off something that you just said, it, it all boils down to bio individuality as well. You know, like carb ups will work for me. But it's because I took the time to learn my body and learn to know like, do I need more carbs to function optimally or am I craving sugar and carbs because I ate sugar and carbs? You know, like there's a difference between, like I always say, there's a difference between saying, I can feel that I need some extra carbs to fuel me through this workout versus my body says it needs a cookie, you know? And then like for me, like a, like a higher carb day would break stalls and weight loss plateaus. And it would help like if I was getting like fatigued or energy crashes, but then I could immediately go back in. Whereas for some people, it's a slippery slope because that one day and now they're like, I fell off the wagon for a month. What do I do? So I think that follows into like learning your body. And again, they're not being a one size fits all approach. And like what your neighbor's doing might not work for you. But I just think that there's like a time and a place for all of these things. And people just don't realize, you know, that it doesn't have to be black and white. Yeah. I think the problem is like, 
And I was definitely this person, especially before I took my health in my own hands of like, step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, do this. And if I just do these steps, I'll have success because they told me I will. Right. You know, and I think that's where we get into a lot of issues um, as an individual. Back to today's episode in a sec. Many of us start the ketogenic diet because we're sick and tired of brain fog, and then we go keto and it helps a little bit, but we're still dealing with major brain fog. In fact, even now, having eaten keto since 2014, I still sometimes struggle with brain fog depending on what's going on in my life. Now, I've tried a lot of different things, bumping up my MCT oil powder, um, taking more fat in, and those things help, but not as much as lion's mane. I've been supplementing with lion's mane, which is an edible fungus that has a long history of use in traditional Chinese medicine. While lion's mane is now championed for its potential to help with anxiety, cognitive functions such as focus and depression, the active beta-glucan polysaccharides isolated from lion's mane boast whole body effects that have been discussed in peer-reviewed research, including antibiotic properties, anti-inflammatory, cardio protective, kidney protective, anti-fatigue, liver protective, the list goes on. If you're like lion's mane, I want to get on on this. My favorite way to incorporate lion's mane is through a company called Four Sigmatic. They have these little packets of lion's mane powder and you can add the powder to just about anything. I like boosting my fatty coffee with it. If I'm making a green shake or smoothie, I'll add it into there. I've even been known to shake it up with some coconut milk and just drink it straight. You can have it in the mornings or early afternoons whenever you want your brain to be lit up. And if you're really struggling with brain fog, say, I don't know, you're writing a book and your brain is in a billion different places, you can double the dose if you're really struggling. Each package is less than $2, making it the least expensive, mega powerful drink you'll ever make. You can use the coupon code KETO, all in caps, no spaces, at foursigmatic.com slash KETO. With the discount, it makes each packet just above $1.50, which is an amazing deal for such a huge benefit. Again, it's foursigmatic.com slash keto. Use the coupon code KETO, all in caps, for 15% off Lion's Mane and everything else on the Four Sigmatic store. Okay, back to today's episode. And you mentioned something previously about it sounds like there's a lot of kindness in your keto approach or your low carb, high fat approach than there was before. Can we chat a little bit about how you treat body kindness and just overall kindness to your eating style? Yeah. I mean, I really have kind of like, I I started joking and calling it my uniform because more often than not, like people are like, does she ever change her clothes? No, I don't. I wear that shirt until it's going to fall off. That just says human kind be both, you know, and I apply it to everything, but I've started telling people, you know, cause we have this whole body positive movement, which I think can get dangerous because you have some people that are very, very sick that have jumped on board and being like, I'm beautiful at any size. And yes, you are, but it doesn't mean you're healthy. And so like, I always tell people, there's no wrong way to have a body, like the simplest terms. There's no wrong way to have a body, but the best thing that you can, the best gift you can give yourself is to honor it and nourish it. And just to figure out you know, what that is. And, you know, kind of like you're saying, I think that we are programmed to want a step-by-step roadmap to like from point A to point B with no deviation and just like, but I did everything right. I, you know, like you're saying, I did this, this, and this, but like, you know, why didn't I get results? And so I always just tell people, just give yourself grace. And if you commit to one thing and that one thing is every day, just being a little bit better than the day before or making one good choice the day before, 
you know, then you are going to be, you're going to have made so much progress over a year's time, over a month's time. And that, you know, you don't have to know everything to get started. So people will say, well, how do I get started? And I'll say, I know that this sounds super simple, but just start you know, like learn as you go, research, find some, you know, reputable people that you can learn from. There's so much free information out there, but just get started and then just focus on being a little better each day, you know, as you go. Like I said, I didn't jump right in and know anything about nutrition. That took me years, but I still found success in what I was doing and I got healthier and I'd lost weight. And, you know, so I just think that we all need to give ourselves a little more grace in life and our health journeys and business. And so yeah. I kind of really try to, when I see people being hard on themselves, I really just try to go back to that. Like we are more than our, 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 our pant size. We are more than our weight. Like there are so many, like I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'm still an overweight person, but there's a million other things you should want to know about me. And if you get the <laughs> chance, I'll, I'll tell you, cause I like to talk, <laughs> you know, so like, but like, I just, I think everybody could give themselves more grace with their food, with their health and with mm-hmm. just overall. And you mentioned before, um, you know, a blogger with a secret and coming out and saying like, I've gained weight back. What has your relationship been with your weight and just overall weight loss? It sounds like originally you were like, yeah, let's lose weight. And now it's less of a priority for you. What was that transition like? And do you still struggle with it sometimes? I think it took me a really, I mean, yeah, I'm obviously still not where I want to be, but I'm solid in the fact that I'm making the right decisions and that I'm an imperfect person, but that nine times out of 10, I make decisions that are good for myself and for my body. But along with this kind of giving myself, telling other people to give them self more grace, doing it for myself, because for me, it stopped being about a scale or a weight or a look or a feel. Like I used to have a number, like I had a destination in mind, but now it's overall health and wellness. It's like, how can I use food to heal the issues that I have? How can I, you know, and if I, went to the doctor and all my labs came, like all my labs are in good ranges. Like there's just so much more to the picture of health than size. Like I always tell people that you can be overweight and still be fit. Like from a cardiovascular standpoint, like, you know, I go, but you can also be what is kind of called skinny fat. Like I know that some of like the thinnest people I know are the most unhealthy, sickest people I know. So it's just a piece of the puzzle. So for me, while I still have aesthetic goals, we'll call them, you know, weight surrounded my weight, but more, it's just about happiness and health and wellness, but just being really honest with myself and not being like, I could be this size forever and be happy or, you know, or being like, like I said, like body positivity, you know, like you can, you don't have to hate your body to make change. You can love your body at every size and still make the changes you need. And that's kind of where I was. I used to do everything that I did because I hated my body. Now I do everything that I do because I love my body and it's such a more peaceful place to be. And like, you know, I used to be chained to the scale so as you know i've we've been kind of like in a massive upheaval since august and you know like we're in a rental but we were also tra- we had two big trips we were traveling and we stayed at my sister's for a while and i didn't like when i'm listing the things that i'm going to pack for being displaced for three months from my home i can tell you that that in the top 100 was not a scale you know like so if someone said how much do you weigh right now and i'm like i have no idea i can tell you how my pants fit versus how they fit last month but i have no idea what i weigh and i honestly don't care oh, and yeah. you can just get leggings so you your pants right. just grow with you <laughs> yes but i will say like I, I think i actually wrote this in like the front matter of my book and i was like if you work from home probably a good thing to do is occasionally try on jeans because <laughs> Any, anyone listening <laughs> because don't own jeans they make yeah <laughs> but i was like you know like you said your pants will grow with you and you wake up one day and you're like 
no, I'm still the same size. And you're like, oh, I got to go out tonight. And like, no, I'm not the same size. But So I know that I'm trending downward, but I couldn't tell you what I weighed. And I'm completely happy with that. It's very peaceful. Yeah, it is. You're totally right. And if somebody would have told me five years ago that I legit would not even care, like I don't care at all. Even if I put on jeans and they don't fit anymore, I'm like, cool, I'm going shopping for bigger jeans. Like it really doesn't matter because, you know, in the last, in the last year of setting the intention of eating low carb, high fat. And yeah, when I test my ketones, generally I'm high-ish and sometimes I'm not because I just ate a whole gluten-free pizza. And so it takes me a couple of days to get back into it. But overall, I mean, I went to this, um, muscle testing doctor and I've done muscle testing forever. It's always responded really well for me. And it was the first time I had met with this doctor in Tampa and he put all the magnets on me and he's going through my body. And he's like, he looked up at me after about five minutes. He's like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like you look a little tired, but other than that, you're great. And I've, I've never, ever had a doctor. Like I was always that problem child of like, this is wrong with you and this is wrong and this is wrong and take this medication because this is happening and now this medication is making this happen. Like it was such a mess. So yeah, I think there's so much more to it than weight. And it, it, it usually takes that moment of, I'm just so sick of this. I can't keep living this life. It's not working. And I've had situation. people say, how did, how do you get to that place? And I don't have a step-by-step answer for you. It took a lot of time, but like I, I quickly learned, I guess I could say not so quickly, but I evolved to learn that the biggest, I think, piece of transformation of any kind, weight loss, or just any kind of health healing journey is the mental aspect and dealing with like, I started saying that all the times, like as my weight went up and down, up and down, I wasn't fixing what was truly broken. And I was, I wasn't fixing the mental baggage that I was carrying around that led to quite literally physical baggage on my body. And so I felt like I really turned a corner and started making change when I started putting in the work for my mental health. And I know that that's not an issue for everybody, but I know that it's an issue for far more people than are willing to give it credit for because of the stigma around mental health. Yeah. Mental health. You're probably the fifth guest this week to mention mental health with me. So I feel, (laughs) and it's so great that we're talking about it more and um, maybe our special keto unlimited chat that we'll do right after this will be about mental health. Cause I'd love to delve a little bit deeper into that. I think it's such an important topic and you're right. It has that stigma around it that nobody really wants to talk about it, but a lot of people are experiencing it and there's a lot of shame around it. What are you working on right now? Like what, what you got going on? I am working on a dairy-free book. It's called Dairy-Free Ketogenic Cooking. It should be up cool. for pre-order soon. And um, I just kind of, made, <laughs> I kind of made it my own personal mission too, because I'm not really a fan of coconut and coconut is so like in, I'm a fan of your coconut, your dog coconut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was like, yeah, you're like going to be happy with I'm it. I'm hanging up on her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like coconut more like in sweet things. And I'm like, I always say to John, I'm like, unless you're having like Thai food, coconut does not have a place in savory foods. Like I say it all the time. And so like, I feel like 90% of the time, any of like the people who are writing dairy free recipes, they're just super coconut heavy, super <laughs> coconut heavy. And so like, but I'm not really a fan of coconut. And so like, I just made this like weird personal mission to just be like, I'm going to show people that dairy free keto is sustainable, easy, delicious, doesn't require a bunch of specialty ingredients and doesn't have to be loaded with coconut. You know, like just, so uh, that's kind of where I'm at and I'm really excited about it. And it just kind of through going through some like gut health issues with myself and some healing and some food insensitivities, it was kind of where my own personal diet went. And I had actually, 
I was actually contracted to write a different book. And I reached out to our publisher and I just said, hey, this is what I've got going on. This is the book I want to write. Can I write this book instead? And they said yes. And so I'm really excited for it. It'll be out uh, May-ish. We don't, I don't okay, have the exact cool. date yet. My yeah. next one comes out May and then the following in June. So, okay, great. I can't wait. That's awesome. <laughs> well, maybe we could uh, do a stop together. That would be really fun. Oh, book tours. It's like love-hate relationship. I'm so tired after them, but I love meeting people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which of your books is your ultimate favorite so far? Because you have a couple. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Actually, that's not so hard, but I lied. I just lied. Crave Keto. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's really good. That's I just, my favorite of yours. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I just, I poured a lot of myself into there, like actual little literal blood, sweat, and tears uh, went into that book. And the front of it's not like your typical cookbook where it says like, what is keto? How do you live a keto lifestyle? What are macros? Things like that, which a lot of that stuff is going into the book I'm working on now. But it was really just my personal story. And I wanted to help people feel less alone. Like I, I felt like kind of my target audience and that was people who have struggled with their weight, you know, in their adult life or perhaps their whole life like I have. And um, I wanted to reach those people that felt so isolated and alone. And I wanted to reach them through food, but also through sharing my story. So I really got like down to the nitty gritty personal stuff, like even talking about some stories from when I was like five years old. And the response was profound. Like it just, people reached out to me and I just felt so connected uh, with all of these strangers all over the world by sharing my story. Then there were some people who were like, I don't want your journal. Just give me the food lady. And I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, okay. some people you just can't please, you can't please everyone. But um, no. I feel like a lot of my heart is in that book. Like the first hundred pages of that book, I feel like um, you'll get a good feel for my sarcasm, my humor, you know, I'm not the most polished person, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I put um, new kids on the block a couple times into the front matter of my book. I think yeah. it's so fun to be part of a, you know, like a publishing family where I get to chat with so many authors that are that publish the Victory Belt and all of our missions and our stories. And they're all so different, but it provides such a beautiful landscape for people to get support. And I just, I always love asking authors like, what's your favorite book? And what was the process like? Because it's, it's always different, but somehow similar and that we all just want to help people and, and connect those people and say like, Hey, you're not alone. I feel this too. And I really like it. So thanks for putting it out there. I will say book writing as I, you already know is like the a worst. complete roller coaster of high and low emotions ever. Like I would like, I had a couple like toddler style tantrums. Like I just, there's times when I cried and I'm like, I can't finish it. Or, you know, just, it's hard. It, like, I hope that everybody knows like how much love and dedication is poured into all 500 pages of a cookbook, like a victory belt size cookbook. And that we really give of like every ounce of our being to write these books and that it's a true passion project. It's Amen. not easy. It's not. It's I'm in it right awful. now. And it's like, <laughs> You doubt yourself. And then it's like, do I really need to write this book? I could just turn it into an ebook. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, oh, and I, I do have temper tantrums too, where I like, I just start shaking and crying and like fall over on the floor and just, just cry and shake for minutes at least. It's, yeah. it's really hard, but then you see it and then you meet people and you're on tour and then, you know, people are crying and hugging you and you're like, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then you sign another contract. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's just this vicious cycle. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Where can people find you? So just straight across the board, peace, love, and low carb. Pretty much anywhere you type that in, all roads are going to lead to me. But peaceloveandlowcarb.com is my blog. And I'm peace, love, and low carb across all social media. Amazing. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Kendra. I really appreciate it. We'll include all the links to your books and upcoming projects and everything in the show notes for people to catch. Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 